Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Good morning, Jesus 911 on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Two man car here on Soul Patrol with Jesse Romero, myself, Ruben Alla, and uh, the Feast of St. John the Apostle. Jesse, how are you doing today, sir? I am reporting for duty, sir. Thank you very much for asking. I hope you're all having a happy, holy, blessed, uh, Merry Christmas. Ruben, let me just mention something about John the Apostle, something that he continues to be known for today. And a lot of Catholics don't realize this. Um, John the Apostle, who wrote the Gospel of John, which is, uh, that that Gospel is is unique in itself. But the very first 14 uh, verses... Those verses after the 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 the, the Latin the low mass the Latin mass the, uh, which is the low mass uh, they do the, the John chapter one the priest prays John chapter one verses one to fourteen right the last after question. mass yeah now I'll tell you I'll tell you why this is so important for this to continue to be prayed and it was taken away by mm-hmm. Bonini from the from the new mass it's not it's not prayed anymore after after the mass and I'll tell you why. Those 14 verses that are prayed in the Latin Mass after after the, 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 the after basically uh, he does the benediction, what those 14 verses are the exact 14 verses that are used in the ancient book, the Rite of Exorcism, written by Charles Borromeo back in 1614 A.D. Wow. Those yeah the, the, it, those per, those 14 verses. When an exorcist says it in the presence of a demon who's possessing a person, it is a very powerful, powerful weapon to drive the demon out and to torture him. I mean, I've, I've, it's, it's just, it's amazing to see a priest in Latin look at a possessed person and start saying in Latin, in the beginning was the word in the word. And to see the reaction of the possessed person, the demon, as this prayer is being projected towards the demon. And so the, the, these 14 verses are exorcism verses. And uh, I'm glad it's still in the, in the Latin Mass. When you go to the Latin Mass, that's the, fi- that's the last thing that the priest prays before uh, he does the Pope Leo XIII prayers. Right. Uh, and but I, some, yeah, more, I just some, more, some more spiritual warfare prayers there. With the- yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And then at the end of the Latin Mass, the three Hail Marys, the Hail Holy Queen, the St. Michael the Archangel, then the other prayer that the priest does, I forget what it's called. Uh, those prayers were written specifically to fight against communism. And so the church in the Latin Mass has a, a, a powerful exorcism prayer at the end, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14, that has prayers after that to fight and protect us against communism. Uh, yeah, I'm just telling you, Ruben, as as I study the Latin Mass more and more, I can just see how uh, how armored up the church mm-hmm. was for so many centuries with that Mass. Oh yeah, uh, without a doubt, Jesse. And but I just want to what, throw my two cents in there. Yeah, but like what uh, what Doctor Dan always says, and um, that uh, you know, prayer signifies what it begets, or begets what it signifies. What is how's yeah. it, how's the saying? Yeah. The prayer prayer begets what it signifies. Yeah, but guess what it signifies. So yeah, 
you know, it's so precise, you know, yes. and it, it teaches the faith like uh, no other, you know. Yeah. Pre- yeah. Precision is everything in spiritual warfare. So, hey, let's jump into the, this topic, Ruben. This is something that's affecting all of us. Obviously, uh, there uh, there is a war uh, and, and most people aren't thinking about it because, again, we try to, you know, just uh, put away thoughts that are not pleasing. But there's yeah. one U.S. colonel who explains America's role in provoking the Russian-Ukraine conflict. Let me give you his credentials before we go through some of his statements in the article. Yeah, colonel he's McGregor, a heavy- Yeah, he's a heavyweight. He's a decorated combat veteran, the author of five books, a Ph.D. and a defense foreign consultant. He was commissioned in the regular army in 1976 after one year at VMI and four years at West Point. In 2004, McGregor retired with the rank of colonel. In 2020, uh, President, uh, the president appointed McGregor to serve as a senior advisory to the Secretary of Defense. That's a post that he held until, pro, uh, until President Trump left office. He holds an MA in comparative politics and a PhD in international relations from the University of Virginia. And I mean, you can, his bio is impressive, Ruben. If there's somebody that can basically uh, unpeel the inner workings that provoked the Russian-Ukraine conflict, it's this guy right here. The other thing, too, what I, what I thought was pretty cool was um, he, his, his leadership in the Battle of, of 73 Easting, the U.S. Army's largest tank battle since World War II, mm-hmm. and for his groundbreaking books and military transformation. Yeah, so he knows he, he knows the inner workings of, uh, you know, the military and 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 I I listened to one of those talks. There's like three talks. If you go to the show page and the link, you could. He, I listened to one complete talk. It's like 45 minutes, and he is just uh, so precise, so right on. He's an encyclopedia of information. Yeah. His name is Colonel Douglas McGregor. He's uh, it, and his bio is impressive. Grab the article and you see what we're talking about. He was picked in 2020 by President Donald Trump as a senior advisor to the Secretary of Defense. And uh, he gave LifeSite News a trenchant and thought-provoking interview in which he argues, look at the sentence, he argues that the United States has sought to provoke Russia. This is heavy right here. The United States has sought to provoke Russia by pushing Ukraine's development into a regional military power hostile to Russia. Let me make a comment myself. This isn't good uh, getting in, into a war with Russia, into a proxy war. I'll tell you why. There's been two world wars. Russia and the U.S. have been involved in both world wars. This can be a third world war when you have the two superpowers, Russia and the U.S. And at this point, Ruben, with all the weapons that we've amassed, all this assures us is mutually assured destruction if we don't find a way to stop this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you know Russia came to uh, to our aid as one of the allies in uh, against the Germans, you know, World War II. So it's uh, I don't know that we would have been able to defeat them, or was yeah. So without yeah. Russia's help, yeah, without Russia. So uh, yeah, this guy, uh, his name even sounds Douglas. Like you 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 conjures up General Douglas MacArthur. He's <laughs> Douglas McGregor. You know, so. Uh, in the uh, interview, he's, he also points to the 2014 uh, Maidan coup that toppled the officially elected pro-Russian Ukrainian government, in turn establishing a pro-American government. 
Wow. So Maidan coup allowed Washington's agents in Kiev to install a government that would cooperate with this project. The West Point graduate and scholar with a PhD in international relations, he told LifeSite this, um, you know, it, and uh, it, it presents a completely different perspective from all the Western media and governments regarding the conflict in Ukraine. Hmm. Uh, McGregor's statements are in line with the open letter to President Joe Biden that LifeSite published in May 2022, which too argued that the uh, U.S. was involved in setting up a new pro-American government in Ukraine in 2014. Wow, if, look at that last sentence you just read. U.S. was involved in setting up a yes. new pro-American government in Ukraine in 2014. We're Ruben, we're, we're part of this. We're, th this war is a U.S. war. It was started by the U.S. Yeah, Jesse, the, uh, Obama and, and uh, Biden installed neo-Nazis in, in there in uh, 2014. It, it's, it's well-documented that they... That they they've got these uh, they aided neo-Nazi militias in overthrowing the democratically elected president in Ukraine in 2014. Well, you know, <clears throat> where's the media on that? How come we're not hearing about that? How many Americans realize that neo-Nazi militias in Ukraine have been shelling the Donbas region for the last eight years in violation of the Minsk Agreement, killing thousands of innocent civilians? And then how many know? How many Americans know that Obama and uh, and Biden armed and trained Ukraine's neo-Nazi Azov Battalion, who were guilty of committing ISIS-style war crimes. Wow. So every modern American and NATO war has been a total disaster based on false premises, which has turned stable countries into hotbeds of chaos, corruption, terrorism. The U.S. government-backed regime change didn't work in the Middle East, and it's now directly resulted in this war between Russia and Ukraine. <clears throat> so going back to that article, uh, it's... It's amazing that uh, we, we we're trying to uh, put our put our two cents in in the other countries, and it and and he goes on to say later in the article we got it, and we got enough problems in our own country, Ruben. We should worry about the problems in our own country and our borders versus trying to topple other governments that we don't care for. That's what we're trying to do. It's it's, it's a Clinton policy of of uh, regime change. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead, Jess. The text, which was signed by conservative journalists such as Charlie Kirk, Jack Posobiec, Jack Maxey, and Judge Andrew Napolitano, stated about the events in 2014, quote, At that time, a telephone conversation of your Biden's collaborator, Victoria Nuland, Assistant Secretary of State under President Barack Obama, revealed how she discussed which leaders should be placed into the new government in Ukraine. Just what you were saying, Ruben. The transcript of that conversation also exposed your own direct involvement in this interference with a foreign nation state, close quote. Colonel McGregor, who served in the U.S. military from 76 until his retirement in 2004, argues that the U.S. US badly miscalculated the Russian military strength and that its policy against Russia is actually harming U.S. allies in Europe. When asked about the driving force behind this warmongering policy of confrontation with Russia by way of Ukraine, yeah, that, that says it all. <laughs> that, that sentence, this warmongering policy by the U.S. of confrontation with Russia by way of Ukraine. You're listening yep. to Jesus 911. We'll continue talking about the, the uh, Democrat uh, ginned up Ukraine-Russian war. Not good, not good. We'll be back. Stick around. Now, 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Ten eight for Jesus, Jesus 911. We're going over uh, an article from LifeSite that uh, U.S. Colonel Douglas McGregor, uh, he's, he's giving us his, his inside take on uh, on what's going on in the Ukraine and 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 how we're involved in this and uh so let's uh go ahead jesse you, you, where we picked it up at last um yeah i lost my place go ahead Ruben. yeah okay so um when asked about the driving force this warmongering policy of confrontation with russia by way of ukraine the book author advises that one should look to names of the members of the world economic forum ah. like, the connection of this war to the great reset machinations so, um, and Jesse and I have talked about this on other shows and, and how Russia, uh, you, they're not falling for this woke ideology that, uh, that these people from the WEF and, and, and the, whole, the whole, all the whole great reset, uh, people think the globalists and, uh, you know, there's, there's some indication, Jesse, like, like, uh, Putin's kind of coming back to his, uh, Orthodox religion, his Christian religion. So um, I think they don't like that. The West doesn't like that. Um, so another vi- inter- video interview uh, that's on the show page, um, if you open the, the, the link, uh, it's the complete destruction of Ukraine is unavoidable. Uh, again, a total contradiction to Western media and the Biden administration's propagandists. We don't hear about that, Jesse, on the radio. We don't hear about that from the media. No, no. Oh, yeah. Like Ukraine's the darling. We we, we got to just dump billions of dollars in there and um it's just it's for our own agenda it, you know gotta see what what's in it for us and that's where the truth Precisely. lies yeah i know where we're at now yeah. but mcgregor sees a na- sees a natural alliance between europe especially germany and russia and even calls upon europe to reassess its own alliances for the sake of avoiding yet another world war explaining this colonel mcgregor writes the two world wars were destructive episodes that should never have occurred there's no reason to repeat past mistakes Berlin must now confront the reality that Washington's strategic interests and the strategic interests of the German nation are not identical and adjust its relations with Washington and Moscow appropriately. If Berlin adjusts its foreign policy along these lines, Berlin can once again restore stability and prosperity to Europe. As it seems, this military expert and senior advisor dares to argue outside of the mainstream media narratives about the Russia-Ukraine conflict in regards to both its causes and its development. He runs a YouTube channel on which he comments almost daily on the real developments of the war, countering the talking points of CNN and other channel channels. Uh, on December 8th of this year, interview an interview with uh, Dr. Michael Vlahos, recorded December 8th, Odessa Falls in Ukraine becomes a landlocked country. Uh, the article says, My husband, Dr. Dr. Robert Hickson, a former professor at the Air Force Academy and the Joint Special Operations University, much appreciates Colonel McGregor's outspoken and honest interviews, which are so needed in a time where propaganda seems to reign the public discourse. May, his, may this voice be heard for the sake of the preservation of world peace. LifeSite asks a question to Colonel McGregor. Who in your eyes is the main guilty force behind the escalation of, of, of the Ukraine conflict? Colonel McGregor says, Washington's proxy war with Russia is a result of a carefully constructed plan 
to embroil Russia in conflict with its Ukrainian neighbor. Look at this. Mm. From the moment that President Putin indicated that his government would not tolerate a NATO military presence on Russia's doorstep in Ukraine, Washington sought to expedite Ukraine's development into a regional military power hostile to Russia. The Madan coup allowed Washington's agents in Kiev to install a government that would cooperate with this project. Prime Minister Merkel's recent admission that she and her European colleagues sought to exploit uh, the Minsk Accords to buy this time for the military building in Ukraine confirms the tragic truth of this matter. Ruben, it was, we're the ones that set this war up and we're the ones uh, that want this regime, regime change. We don't care how many people are killed so long as he's the Great Reset uh, and, the deep, and the deep state here in the U.S., uh, so long as they're able to uh, uh, get one over on Russia, they've always, you know, there's always been a conflict between the U.S. and Russia, World War I, World War II, even though we're allies for a while. But the fact is, uh, they, see, they see Russia as an enemy because Russia refuses to go woke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll skip that next question that LifeSat okay. asked, same response, yep. but... Uh, LifeSat asked them, how could the, the conflict be resolved peacefully and diplomat- diplomatically? What would be aspects of an agreement between the conflict conflict parties? And he's, M- Colonel McGregor says, Washington and its allies in Western Europe badly miscalculated. They believed that Russia's economic weakness made it an, an effective Russian military campaign to destroy Ukrainian military strength impossible. Russia's initial performance Assume that Washington and its allies would recognize the seriousness of the matter and acknowledge Russia's legitimate security interests in Ukraine. Once it became clear that Washington was determined to not only preserve its strategic military control of Ukraine with the goal of utterly destroying Russia, Moscow changed course. Moscow now treats Ukraine as a theater of war, not as a brother Slavic country. Hmm. The war will only end on terms that Moscow creates, as President Putin says repeatedly. Quote, only Moscow is the guarantor of Ukrainian territory, end quote. LifeSide asked the following question. Who's a driving force that tries to prevent a peaceful resolution of the conflict? Colonel McGregor says the names of the members of the World Economic Forum of the mm-hmm. World Economic Forum is a good place to start in your search for the answer to this question. In other words, the World Economic Forum, uh, Yuval Harari, uh, Klaus Schwab, these guys are part of this uh War, war is big business for a lot of people. Next question, Ruben. Yeah. Next question. You seem to argue that the U.S. pushed escalation of the conflict in Ukraine is harming the United States relations with Europe. Could you explain your position? Colonel McGregor says, when imposing sanctions, it is always important to avoid sanctioning yourself. Russia is not isolated. In fact, Russia enjoys an unassailable geographical position with access to markets, goods, and services that the United States cannot obstruct. Thus, Washington's allies, as well as Americans, are now the victims of Washington's thoughtless and arrogant financial and economic policies. <clears throat> wow. <sighs> LifeSide asked the following question. There are some voices who claim that the Ukraine war actually has helped the U.S. economy by increasing weapons production and gasoline sales to Europe. Would you agree that this assessment, or what would you, or what would you say, who benefits most from this war in Ukraine? Colonel McGregor says... Military sales do not enhance the economic health and well-being of any economy. Investments in military power are sunken costs, 
<laughs> sunken cost. In other words, there's no profit for any one of us. The resulting equipment has little, little salvage value. Whenever a nation state builds more military power than is necessary for its own defense, it deprives other economic sectors of the capital they need to grow and prosper. This was President Eisenhower's argument in 1953 when he said, security cannot exist without prosperity. Americans deserve both. Somebody else who weighs in, Ruben, on this uh, is, is Tulsi Gabbard, who's, who's uh, in the Army Reserve. Uh, she said this on the Joe Rogan show. She said, she said, why are we funding the war against Russia? Here's what Tulsi Gabbard said. What is a military industrial com- complex? They are these massive defense corporations who make all these different weapon systems from the smallest to the most powerful nuclear weapons and missiles. When we are at war, they make a lot of money. And by the way, who are they? Uh, Lockheed, Boeing, uh, 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 Raytheon, and Northrop, in case you're wondering who they are. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard says, when we're at war, they make a lot of money. When we're not at war, when politicians begin threatening that we're going to war, the military-industrial complex and politicians make a lot of money. And Mm. these decisions are not made within the context of what our military actually needs. Our politicians don't ask. What do we need to ensure that our military is ready to defend our country and our national security interests? It is very often what the members of Congress are advocating for even more than what our military is asking for sometimes. Yeah. There you go. Uh, And yes. So Tulsi Grabber, she's a lieutenant colonel, if I'm not mistaken, you know, a reserve now. Yes. So she's sharp uh lifeside asks do you consider russia to be a military threat to europe or do you think the german russia russian economic collaboration was beneficial for europe mcgregor says uh, russia was not a threat to europe when the war in ukraine began washington's proxy war has compelled moscow to re-examine its assumptions about russian security from now on russia will maintain larger and more robust high-end conventional forces with the goal of securing itself from future western attacks For most of the last 300 years, Berlin has been Moscow's natural partner in commercial trade and regional security matters. The two world wars were destructive episodes that should never have occurred. There is no reason to to repeat past mistakes. Berlin must now confront the reality that Washington's strategic interests and the strategic interests of the German nation are not identical and adjust its relations with Washington and Moscow appropriately. If Berlin adjusts its foreign policy along these lines, Berlin can once again restore stability and prosperity to Europe. Uh, so yeah, just um, Germany has been trading with Russia, you know, even along the line, even when they were going against each other in war, they still, it, it was business. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you, in, in prison, the prison gangs, you know, you, you don't, uh, you don't associate with other races, the blacks don't associate with the Hispanics, but then when it comes to business, you know, all things go out the window because it's it's to further the you know their their whome motive. Uh, yeah, that's, but uh, you know, going back to uh, what Obama and Biden did, uh, I, I had pulled up some uh, some uh, some other things that people don't know uh, occurred. But as a U.S. senator, Barack Obama, he won forty eight million in federal funding to help Ukraine destroy thousands of tons of guns and ammunition. Weapons which are now unavailable to the Ukrainian army as it faces down Russian President Vladimir Putin. During this is during his invasion of Crimea in uh, <clears throat> during his invasion of Crimea, but in August of 2005, just seven months after his swearing in, Obama traveled to Donetsk, 
in Eastern Ukraine with then Indian Republican Senator or Indiana Republican Senator Dick Lugar touring a conventional weapons site. The two men in Kiev and with President Viktor Yushchenko making the case that an existing cooperative threat reduction program covering the destruction of nuclear weapons should be expanded to include military, small arms, anti-aircraft weapons, and conventional ammunition of all kinds. After a stopover in London, the senators returned to Washington and declared that the U.S. should devote funds to speed up the destruction of more than 400,000 small arms, 1,000 anti-aircraft missiles, and more than 15 tons of ammunition. 15,000 tons of ammunition. Unbelievable. God help us. So he he left them vulnerable. You know, they, they destroy all the weapons and... And, uh, you know, that that allowed Russia to come in and, and do their thing because, you know, Ukraine was no in no position to fight them in 2014. Ruben, you know, as Catholics, all of this, all these things that, are, that have been happening uh, under the cloak of darkness, all of this will be revealed at the general judgment. Every single Catholic in a state of grace, we're going to be seeing all the people in mortal sin Every single sin they committed will be exposed to the light of day for the entire world to see. Jesus 911 will be back. Moving on to another topic. Christmas and holiday. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thanks be to God. Well, Ruben, those words right now just drove out any demons that may be in these studios. <laughs> those are those are powerful words that are, that are used in the rite of exorcism, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14, to torment demons and drive them out. Hey. I wrote a feel-good article. It's called Christmas and Holidays. It's on LifeSite News. It's on Church Militant. Uh, some other Catholic news agencies have picked it up. And I wrote it just to put things in perspective. Because when you you can focus on a lot of negativity, but I, tr- I want to focus, Ruben, on some positivity. So let me share the article. Okay. I, it's called Christmas and Holiday News. It's all based on Christ. Holiday comes from the phrase Holy Day which is the Catholic phrase. I love holidays because they enrich and bring life and joy to a nation. For a time, we're able to forget that we're in a war, that elections were stolen, and that we have the highest inflation in, four, in, in 40 years, not four, in 40 years, not to mention a rise in crime, porn, drugs, alcohol, and suicide. Holidays temporarily overshadow these societal ills. Every holiday that makes America great comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We celebrate holidays like Christmas, the birth of Christ. New Year's is the octave day of our Lord's birth. Easter, the resurrection of Christ. The St. Valentine's Day, the martyrdom of St. Valentine for preaching the love of Christ. St. Patrick's Day, a bishop exorcist who drove out the occult from Ireland for Christ. Halloween, the day before All Saints and All Souls Day, which, uh, you know, the, the saints are with Christ right now. Veterans Day, honoring our veterans of war, especially those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. This was inspired by our Lord and Savior, who paid the ultimate price for our sins on the cross. As it says in John 15, 13, no one has greater love than this, 
to lay down one's life for one's friends. Everything that is worth celebrating in America comes from Jesus, not Buddha, Confucius, or Muhammad. As Catholics and Americans, we celebrate these Christ-inspired holidays in order to renew our joy by remembering events of the past and calling them to mind, making them metaphysically present through ritual. The Christmas season and these other holidays bring joy, even to non-believers. Catholics celebrate as families and we celebrate liturgically as a church through ritual. Why? Because ritual has the power to recall important events like the 4th of July for Americans with its theme of liberty and freedom that was inspired by Christ. The Jews celebrated Passover with rituals. The Passover prefigures Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Ritual has the power to help the memory preserve what is truly important. Ritual reminds us of who we are and allows us to pass it from generation to generation. If you want to keep any memory alive, it has to be attached to ritual because rituals help us keep our Christian morals and values. So how do we keep your mem- how do you keep your memory alive? Through ritual. This is how the Jews recalled all their sacred events and Catholics do likewise. Good celebrations foster and nourish faith. Poor celebrations weaken and destroy faith. The repetition and ritual celebration is how the holidays listed above become burned in our soul and give us a deeper awareness and appreciation of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith grows when it is well expressed in celebration. Good celebrations foster and nourish faith. And again, poor celebrations weaken and destroy faith, as I just mentioned. G.K. Chesterton said, quote, Rituals are simple ways of expressing complex ideas. All of life from sunrise to sunset is ritual. I hope you have a, you're having a happy, holy Christmas season as, quote, we await the blessed hope and the appearance of the glory of the great God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ, Titus chapter 2, verse 13. And with each passing year, it seems that I develop an even greater understanding of my brokenness and therefore my desperate need for the Christ child. What a gift he is. Jesus is everything. My prayer is that you are overwhelmed to tears this season because of this gift. May his gift, the gift of Jesus Christ within you, bring you greater healing, freedom, and holiness. Amen. All right. Well written, Jess. Yeah. Yeah, It's a feel good article, you know, to try to put things in perspective, Ruben. Yeah, we each, uh, each, you know, each of our families, we we have our own rituals, you know, that we do. Yeah, uh, to, right. to bring in the, these holidays, and uh, it's it's so, you know, to spend time with the family, and uh, and and especially when you're of like mind, you you know, we come from a close family like you, Jesse, and uh, and boy, I thank you for your Christmas card. Your your family is growing by leaps and bounds. I didn't realize you had that many. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Uh, yes, you're blessed, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, what was pretty funny was uh, I was just kind of looking up some of the things that uh, th- we we talk about and uh, like St. Nicholas, you know, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, he he socked up uh, Arius at uh, one of the, the first councils. <laughs> right, Jesse? He's, Council he idea. Up, yeah. But he was uh, I, I think 
because around here we you know a lot of the kids they they like to talk about santa claus and um but it, so it got me interested in how that came about and uh since we're on the subject of holidays sure it, it was nicholas was one of the history's most venerated saints with more than 500 songs and hymns written in his honor wow. and when christopher columbus arrived in haiti in 1492 they named the port after him, and by the year 1500, more than 700 churches in Britain were dedicated to him. The Dutch especially appreciated his life. They spelled his name Saint Nicolas. It's S-I-N-T, and then Nicolas with two S's at the end, which in America became Sinterklaas or mm. Santa. I never did know that. His popularity grew through a poem written by Dr. Clement Clark Moore, a theology and classics professor at Union Seminary in New York. In 1822, he penned the classic A Visit from St. Nicholas, better known today as The Night Before Christmas. And, uh, you know, artist Thomas Nass illustrated the book, creating the figure we now know as the Jolly Santa Claus. But, uh, you know, in real, in real life, St. Nicholas was was giving to to the poor and uh, <clears throat> and he was uh, he was leaving leaving money or gold, I think, for for some uh, young gals that were going to. Uh, couldn't make, pay their bills, and we're t- thinking of of doing getting involved in the oldest profession. Uh, so he prevented that by, you know, giving them things so that they didn't have to go that path. And the other thing, Jess, I, um, January first, you know, it's it, it's um, now after Vatican II, it's now the feast of Mary, Mother of God. But in the old calendar, it's the feast of the circumcision of our Lord, which is still a holy day of obligation. Um, first time jesus shed blood for us and yeah. that blood was would have been enough to save us you know mm-hmm. um was it said that maybe saint thomas or uh or saint augustine one of the two i think they, they said that just that little bit of blood as shedding of his circumcision was enough to save us because he's the god man uh but he went through the his passion and death on the cross for us so that's something to think about yeah yeah and also something to think about ruben is during his the rite of circumcision for for our Lord Jesus Christ, that was the beginning of his passion. Mm. It, because that that's when he started shedding blood. That was the first blood he shed for the sins of the world. It started there eight days after he was born, and it culminated on Calvary. Yeah, yeah, good good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah Reuben. Also, uh, as as Catholics. Uh, I think we take for granted the, the fact that Jesus Christ has so much impacted Western culture. Everything we do, even one thing I forgot to put in the article was even Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is inspired by Christ. I mean, we, we see a, a scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, uh, be thankful in everything in all circumstances. The whole Thanksgiving is very Christian because on that day, we thank God uh, on Thanksgiving Day for our faith, for our family, and for our country. But one thing that a lot of people don't realize also that the thanks the word Eucharist means Thanksgiving. <laughs> and also, most people don't realize that Squanto the Indian that broke bread with the Protestant pilgrims, guess what? He was a Catholic. Squanto was a Catholic, a baptized Catholic. And he's the one that celebrated the first Thanksgiving meal with Protestant pilgrims. Uh, again, so Thanksgiving, even Thanksgiving is inspired by our Lord Jesus Christ. Ruben, everything, I'll make it quite simple, everything that's good and beautiful and true in the United States of America and around the world, it comes from Jesus. It comes from Him. And when people say, uh, well, uh, 
I don't really believe that Jesus Christ existed. I'll say, well, I'll tell you something. Uh, <clears throat> when you write today's date on your letterhead, through, either through your computer or through, with, with your pen, December 27, 2002, how do we know this date is December 27, 2022? We know because the reference point to this date comes from the Gregorian calendar, which was written by a pope a thousand years ago, and it's dated from the birth of Jesus Christ. So the calendar that we use today, we know the dates and the years because the reference from the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, not the birth of anybody else. Once again, objectively speaking, Reuben, you look at the person of Jesus Christ and he has, he has left a huge footprint on planet Earth that can never be covered. Amen. Hey, Jesse, I think you, you just inspired uh, um, a lot of the, uh, the women that might be pregnant with child this uh, right now. They're, they're thinking about naming their firstborn uh, uh, or their child's. you got Squanto now. So you, you, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a name that, that uh, you don't hear too often. Yeah, but, that, uh, that one will get people to you know, like, like take a double take. What? She called her name. She called her kid Squanto? Yeah. Well, we have, uh, most, you know, a lot of Catholic families, they look at uh, Catholic saints for, you know, in, in terms of naming their children. Absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. You know what, Ruben? I, I used to th- I used to look frown upon people that would call their child Damien because of some of the horror movies that are made. But no, he was a great. He was one of the doctors of the church. St. Damien. He was the cardinal and a doctor of the church. Wow. Yeah. So that's that. So that name is licit to use for Catholics. I used to think it was illicit, but no, he's a doctor of the church. Hey, we're going to talk next about. The green scapular and the miraculous uh, uh, effects of this green scapular for conversion and healing. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We are back. Two men car. Jesus nine one one. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And uh, just you, were, we were talking about names for a minute there at the end of the last segment. And uh, you know, I was walking the dogs over here. There's a park by my house, and uh, there's a little. Um, someone put like a, a, a makeshift um, uh, set burial uh, lot, and it's obviously there's someone's not buried there, but they they do, they planted a tree in this person's honor. And the name on it is Molech. And, and I said, who would name their kid? Oh, no. Name of a demon. No, I, I looked up this. He was a, a young man in, in, from this town that I live in. And, uh, and he died at you know, a young age of 18, 19 years old. So I don't know if it was suicide. Didn't give the cause of death. But uh, it, what, what are people thinking when they, you know, you, you name your kids? Um, oh, gosh. It, it's it's horrible <clears throat> to, me, Ruben, it, to me that was intentional so uh, obviously they were probably luciferian or satanist you know they were they're non-believers they mm-hmm. probably hate god and and they wanted to give that their child that name because they hate god and and, and they know it offends god that yeah mm-hmm. name, name your son after a demon is not good and um and so well, how old was the kid Ruben, when you passed by what, what did the, the tomb probably like 18 or 19 18 wow well, let's pray for him. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto this young man, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon him. May the soul of this young man, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. 
name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hey, let's talk about the green scapular. My mom used to pass things, these out like candy when she was uh, hurt. No, she, my mom and dad were part of the Legion of Christ, and they had a big box of these blessed green scapulars. So I, I, I saw these all the time, and every time my mom and dad would evangelize somebody, evangelize a couple to share the faith with them, they would always hand them a green scapular. Uh, and I, I just remember my mom and dad would say, uh, you know, Our Lady brings them to Jesus. Our Lady brings them to Jesus. She brings them back to the church. So we'll get into it. We'll get into it because I I have seen these all my life. And I I know that they they have, uh, again, the sacramental graces uh, have the power to bring people to conversion. So uh, this article says, Our Lady's Green Scapular, a miraculous little known sacramental for healing and conversion. Have you heard of the Green Scapular of the Immaculate Heart? Our Lady gave us this little-known sacramental through Sister Justin Buski Buri of the Daughters of Charity of St. Vincent de Paul after several visions. Our Lady presented the green scapular on September 8, 1840. Our Lady appeared with her heart engulfed in flames in one hand and the scapular in the other. The scapular consisted of green cloth attached to a green cord. One side of the scapular displayed her apparition. The other side de- depicted a heart set ablaze and pierced with a sword with rays more brilliant than the sun and clearer than crystal. Inscribed in an oval around Our Lady's heart were these words, quote, Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Close quote. Ruben, go ahead. Yeah, so at the time of the apparition, Sister Justine heard interiorly that the scapular, quote, should be shared with the world as an instrument in the conversion of souls, end quote. And then Pope Pius IX approved this sacramental in 1863. And again in 1870, he said, quote, write to these good sisters that I authorize them to make and distribute it, end quote. Um, and then a priest should uh, bless the scapular and the devotee should wear it. Although, unlike the brown scapular, you don't have to wear it, but uh, it'd be nice to you wear it. Saying the inscribed prayer regularly and with confidence to help another person obtain grace, the devotee may secretly place the scapular in a home, for example, and pray the inscribed prayer with confidence for the individual. And uh, I'll just tell you, share a, a personal story of mine. Um, so I, my, my wife was, uh, um, she was baptized Catholic, but never raised in the, in the church with, uh, you know, making her sacraments. But uh, when we started dating, um, it came a point of contention. And so, uh, you know, I was doing all the things wrong. I didn't have a copy of uh, Terry Barber's book. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it would lead, it would lead us into, uh, you know, some arguments. So the more I built my library up to, you know, an apologetics and, and that was about the, you know, that was, you know, I had been going to your apologetics classes, Jesse. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so she was building up her arsenal of tapes and books and stuff to, to <laughs> you know, happily. And so, uh, and finally, you know, she's not, she, I love her to death, but her, her personality is that the more you come at her, the more she's going to put up a resistance, you know? So I finally had to just give it over to our Lord. I said, look, uh, and our lady. And I said, uh, it's all in your hands. And so, but I, I, <clears throat> I put these groom scapulars, one under her mattress, one under in her pillowcase, one in her purse. I mean, you know, I just, I, I just stuck them everywhere. And, and uh, so strategically, you know, I got, uh, 
I got the strategic results based on my strategic placing of these. Wow. One day she just tells me, okay, I'm ready. I'll go to these classes, you know? So, and the, the rest is history, as they say, you know, I, she, she came into the, the church and, uh, and it was amazing. So it, it's, it's really difficult for, uh, for to have, you know, uh, couples that are not sharing the same faith. Because I mean, it can work. I know it has in, in some instances, but uh, it just makes things so much easier when you 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 have the, the same faith and you go to mass together and you know have like we talked about in that one article, the holidays. You know, you're you're on the same page and it just makes things so much easier. Ruben, that was a power. I remember that you've told me that. I just I, I forgot about you. yeah that Debbie is a victim of of the green scapular. <laughs> <laughs> of the effect, the effects of the green scapular. Yep. Yeah. The, the sacramental graces that, and the promises attached to it by our lady. I, you told me that story a long time ago. Cause I did ask you, how did she finally come in? And you told me, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't brilliant argumentations no. or, or the Greek word in the new Testament is this, or the church fathers say that. No, it wasn't none of that. It was mm-hmm. a green scapular. Yeah. yeah she, and she, want, she wanted nothing to do with Scott Hahn. I was giving her tapes and <laughs> Uh, and who's this Jesse guy? <laughs> oh no, that's funny. That's hilarious, man. See, that, yeah. a good story, Ruben. That you, you that I mean, I, I can't. You just uh, that was a perfect way to end the show. Perfect way to end the show. But let me just mention some other things here in the article. It says, "Here's a story about a man. A man discovered the the miraculous green scapular." So here's another story from the article. Let me tell you how the story of how I discovered the green scapular. This is this is my only way of trying to spread a true and tender love of her immaculate heart and of paying my debt to her. Some years ago, before penicillin was in use, I was lying in a hospital very ill with pneumonia. I began to hemorrhage and the doctors decided to operate as a last resort. Then came a little nun into my room. She said, Father, you have great faith in the mother of God, especially in her immaculate heart. If so, you can be cured. How, sister? Through the green scapular. Talk about faith. What is that? Four years ago, Father, I was operated on for cancer. I was so filled with it that they just closed me up and sent me away. Then I prayed to Our Lady of the Green Scapular. I grew tired of waiting to die and came back to work. I am cured, Father. Do you want me to give you a scapular? Please, sister. With that, she put one over my head. A feeling of tremendous confidence poured into me and the bleeding stopped. Two days later in the x-ray room, they asked me when the hemorrhage had ceased. When I replied that it was a matter, a matter of a couple of days, they expressed great surprise. They said, <laughs> quote, you have a wound that is six months healed and there is no other mark. Close quote. Today, he writes, today even the scars are gone. No wonder I speak of an unpayable debt to our immaculate heart, to her immaculate heart, Since then, I have done everything possible to foster this devotion. To my great amazement, to those whom I have spoken of the green scapular have become more zealous than I. Never have I seen the equal of the faith and confidence of these new apostles of Mary. Close quote. Wow, this is uh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. uh, The way Mary brings us to Jesus. Uh, And and again, the word scapular, Mm -hmm. it comes from the word scapular, which means shoulder. You put it around your shoulder. But this one, Ruben, this is one of the only scapulars that you don't have to technically have over yourself. You could just have it somewhere in the room for its effects, correct? Yeah, that's true. I, and I have, I have a, 
I have some scapulars here that that um, I was given, but you know it's been so long since I've looked them up. But there, there's this one is a I'm holding it up. It's got a white scapular, the blue scapular, the brown scapular, the black scapular, and the red scapular. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, the red one is for our Lord Jesus. And uh, and there's there's also this other one. And again, I, I you know I didn't think I'd be pulling this out. I would have I would have looked up. <laughs> what it is but this big purple one and i've seen people women in church have worn this it's a big purple one and it's got uh the, the nails on one side and the the chalice the crown of thorns on this side and then on this side you have the pieta and uh you know but uh wow. yeah talk about wearing your faith on the sleeve huh you wear something like that outside your your clothes <laughs> It, you know what? It's not uncommon to find people that wear those outside in the Latin Mass. You'll yeah, find the Latin Mass parishes, That's people true. wear these these outside gigantic scapulars. Uh, right. And one of our listeners uh, just reminded us on the on the Facebook chat that uh, today the feast of Saint John and the old rite. You can go and get your uh, you can get your bottles of wine blessed it becomes a sacramental. You know so. <clears throat> It, it's it's the perfect uh, perfect drink, you know. It's not. Uh, That's right. Yeah, imagine that. Near right around the corner. Getting a good a good bottle of cab, a good cab bust, or. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Ruben, this has been a wonderful show. That was a powerful story that you shared with the with, with the green scapular, and uh, you can order these on the internet. Order a whole box of these green scapulars. Just have them around. Have your priest bless them. And yeah. uh, and just give them. I'm sure there's family and friends that are unconverted that you can give them to, and you can uh, you know put them in their in in their house, put them in their in their bedroom, especially if they're your kids. Uh, again, this is the way that Mary continues to bring people to her Son Jesus Christ. The sacramental graces that come from this green scapular. There's one story after another. We can go on for hours on on uh, on on the testimonies of people that have come back. Or come to the church as a result of uh, of the sacramental graces of the green scapular. Mm -hmm. Ruben, wrap it up, brother. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to Jesus Nine One One. If you like what you hear, share it, and um, and then uh, stay tuned for Hands On Apologetics with Gary Mashuda from the Midwest Command Center. <clears throat> Gary's always got some uh, great guests. You learn a lot from him and. And all the other shows on BNPR. So thank you so much. Have a blessed uh, Christmas uh, octave. And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you on Thursday. God bless. Keep the faith. Ben 7 out.